you sitting there, you at home, you ain't doing shit, scratching your genitals, scratching your ass, smelling your underarm, smelling your own breath, let me hear just for a few seconds, right? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. The creation tools allow you to, you know, record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. You can use that same hand you scratch your ass with to go to Anchor and record. It'll distribute your podcast for you to a plethora of DSPs. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. What are you waiting for? Go. Right now. Get off the couch. Go to Anchor. Create a podcast. The world wants to hear what you have to say. This episode of the Trill Pill podcast is a lot different from the ones that I've done in the past few weeks. This is the first installment of Trill Spill. Having these conversations with people who I know has have a story to tell. Letting them tell their story. Letting them tell the highs, the lows, the adversities, and everything else in between. But this first slot is someone that's very special to me. He's had a hand in um, raising me. Um, and molding me. The things that I watch them go through, I use those and relate to those in my life. And I'll continue to. So this is my brother, G. Brooks. This was our Trill Spill Conversations. And this is the Trill Peel Podcast. So at this time, you probably already know what I'm going to say by now. Hope you got something rolled up. Hope you got something pulled up. And if not, just sit back. This is Trip Pill Podcast. We're going to start the show.
Bro. Hey, what's going on, bro? What's going on, bro? Skip, what's happening, man? Nothing much, man. What you got going? What you got going? Nothing much, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special episode. Really, to be honest, no, no introduction is really needed for this nigga right here, but he's my favorite nigga, man. My bro, Sean. Special episode right here. How already? How already? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, start off with this, man. Um, I want you to um start from wherever you want to start from. Um, you have the permission, even though you don't need it, to say whatever the fuck you want to say because it's our shit. <laughs> And do what you need to do. Right. So the floor is yours. And I ask right. you questions in between. And we'll start from where you want to go, bro. Is right. Yours? All right, man. Uh, I mean, you already know uh, how how it started. But um, I don't know, man. Um, we started in the South. Actually, uh, I was born in Terrell, Texas. Um mm-hmm. A whole, I had a whole another life before you even got here. Honestly, um, from the country, um, still country, mm-hmm. um, very uh, humble. Uh, have I've yeah. been humbled by life? Um, I've been humbled by um, tragedy mm-hmm. and. Um, you get to a point to where you realize that you don't know everything. Um, you don't know as much as you thought that you did. And, um, you get to a point to where, um, you have to make a decision. You either want to be, uh, true to yourself or you want to continue to be a pretender. Um, right. Do you want to continue to look the part, or do you actually want to have substance in your life and do you want to be the part? So, um, yeah. it just took a lot, man, for me to get to this point to where I kind of started to even understand life, even at 40, at uh, 42, okay. 43, man. Um, um, and it is, oh, it's not, a, it's not a book. It's not a, a God. It's not a day to day, uh, regimen that you go through what you do is you wake up every day and uh you you pull your bootstraps up and you deal with whatever comes your way um the best way you know how um i've i'm not a, a life coach i'm not into telling people what they should and what they shouldn't do um because honestly it's not my place if you're grown I feel like every grown person wakes up in the morning and they know what they should do. If you don't have a job, you know, you should have a job. You know, if you're not providing, you know, you should provide. I mean, if you're grown, uh, you know what you should be doing now, whether you choose to do it or not, that's on you. So, um, like I said, man, my life, my journey has been, uh, 
uh, eventful, to say the least. But one thing mm-hmm. I can say is that uh, I wouldn't change it, so to speak, but I would change uh, a couple of decisions that I made. But ultimately, um, wouldn't change a thing, man. Um, it's nothing that you can do uh, outside of yourself if it's not in you. And that's what I found. Um, like I said, man, I'm on a, a day-to-day journey to uh, motivate myself to get up out of the bed. Um you know, it's still hard to deal with, you know, the loss of, you know, our mom, um, our rock, our everything. Um, so, you know, it's just, like I say, it's not a situation where it ever gets, uh, easy. It's just, we've put one day in front of another day and it just have, you know, it's manifested into years, but you know, it hurt today like it hurt the day that it happened, you know. So yeah. um when you have well, when yeah, when you have yeah. uh demons and you have things inside of yourself that you have to deal with still, you know, um mm-hmm. you just really can't I just don't think you can be out there throwing out uh advice. You know? Yeah. I mean, um and that's just me from the way I speak and where I come from. If I've never been through it, then I don't speak on it. And, um, you know, we've had conversations about things in our lives and, um, you know, you hold my opinion very highly. And I really, 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 uh, you know, I, 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 I cherish that. So I don't ever want to give you any wrong information. So if I don't know the answer or if I don't feel like, um, it's my place. I mm-hmm. tell you what I tell you. I cannot tell you what to do, but I can definitely support whatever your decision is. And that's what that's what I can offer, man. I just have to realize, just like you have to realize um, what you have to offer people as of right, right now, today. Um, when you lose your mother, when you... Uh, go through a divorce and um, you go through trials and tribulation, it takes uh, bits and pieces out of your life. It takes uh, chunks out of your soul. Um, mm-hmm. It makes you not feel things. It makes you uh, cold. It makes you uh, bitter. It, it, it makes you a whole lot of things. So um, you just have to learn how to be uh, aware of your feelings and let yourself feel how you, uh, how you're feeling at that time. Man. You know, I was right. never, I was never allowing myself to feel how I felt. Like if, if, if I was hurt, I, you know, I'd go do something to mask that or if, um, anything happened, man, I just would never deal with that emotion. Right. Um, or I would never let that emotion affect me. And, okay. um, you know, after a while, it eats at you because, uh, like I say, um, you're not being genuine to yourself in that manner. Mm-hmm. Because if you're hurting, you're hurting. If you need to right. talk to somebody, you need to talk to somebody. If you need to cry, you need to cry. Right. So, um, you know, it's just it it, it it's a a situation 
uh, about being a man coming where we come from. Like, I think we talked about this a couple days ago, so much uh, bravado and machismo coming from where we come from because you can't be weak. You get weak, you, you get preyed on. But that uh, part of your life where you uh, become a predator and you have to be so tough and your exterior has to be uh, like uh, an uh, uh, armor, uh, after a while, it, it it doesn't allow you, like I said, to be who you are because you are having to be an entity that nobody wants to basically fuck with. Right. You have to be uh, mm-hmm. a person that uh, you definitely have to be focused in uh, what you want to do on a day-to-day basis. You have to have structure. You know, we had to have mama. We had to have uh, dad. Like, like where we, like, we had to have that, you know? Right. And as of right now, we sitting and we're talking. We're better off for having that. Yeah, um, yeah we are. Yeah, and that's just what that is, man. So um, anything that we go through, anything that I go through, anything that you go through, we go through it together. And I've always told you that. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing I've tried to allow myself to do is to learn how to shut the fuck up. Because one thing I've learned is that I don't give a fuck if you know it all. I don't give a fuck if you're right all the time. Nobody wants to hear that shit all the fucking time. Uh, know it all knows nothing at all. Nah, know it all knows nothing. So yeah, one thing yeah. I had to learn really was how to shut the fuck up, man. And that's yeah. the honest to God truth. Just like uh, you know, parenting. You can overparent. You know, if you tell yeah. your kids something and and you see them the next day and you tell them the same thing and then you see them Wednesday and you tell them the same thing. Well, you think that they don't, they, they heard you Monday and Tuesday. You know, now Wednesday, they might still go out and do whatever you told them not to, but they still hear you. So the fact that you are just steady badgering and badgering and badgering and, 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 discipline and you know and constantly you need to do this and you need to do that and and after a while man like in your own mind like you 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 notice yourself that you're overdoing it so you gotta fall back so you know it's just like your personality who you are your thoughts um your opinions it's just like a lot of things that i used to think matter to others that it took Mm -hmm. a lot of time to realize it don't matter to anybody Mm. so um like i said my day-to-day journey is uh to to get up to make sure that uh i provide to make sure i motivate myself uh to uh even get out of bed man like i say people don't realize man um it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. It really is. You know? It really and, is. Uh, every day is a struggle and every, you know, and, and, and you have to know that you have it in you and you know that you have a support system. You know that you have somebody to uh, 
talk to them. Like I said, man, me and you and the conversations that we have <clears throat> when we have uh super deep conversations, man, like it's just it's refreshing. It's refreshing one because um a lot of stuff that you talk about, um, it's you you're way before your time. It's just like um you're 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 hella aware of who you are and you are aware of how you got there and holding yourself accountable and living in your truth is the most refreshing thing even though it might hurt that you can do like you have to yeah. live in your truth now it might be uh fucked up and it's dysfunctional and 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 you know what i'm saying it just it don't it, it don't seem like it's going to ever get better but if that's what you live in and if that's your truth and you don't have to answer to anybody about doing anything and when you look in that mirror you can look at that man in that mirror man and you don't feel any kind of uh, uh disdain for him and you're not ashamed of him and 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 you are proud of him and and you motivate him that's the part of life to where you deserve to, that that's the good part that you deserve you deserve to have somebody in your corner. You deserve to have somebody saying, hey, man, you did a good job. But a lot of times, me and you, we don't get that. So no. if we don't get that no, no. from the outside and we don't give it to each other, that's when we fall into depression. That's when yeah. you fall into uh, yeah. uh, like a sense of worthlessness and uh it's, it's, it's like a yeah. downward spiral and it's, it's breakdown yeah. after breakdown and yeah. you know you don't know where to go you don't know where to turn so like i said it, yeah. it's, it's it's a struggle and i'm not gonna lie bro I, I like you say you i'm your favorite man you hands down man you're my favorite dude in the whole world man i have my son yeah but you are my favorite person in the whole world. And I say that because I saw you from the time you were here to the time now, man. And I could not be <laughs> more proud of who you've become, um, what you stand for, and um, the father you are to your kids, man. Like, uh, mom would be Mom will be hella proud. Um, and yeah. I just want you to know that uh, like I, 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 I rock with you, bro, and I love you, man. And and you, if it's anything uh, in my power that I can do, I'm going to always do it. Um, and, and I will uh, make sure that Anytime, man, I'm I'm feeling down or I need a lift up or whatever, I always try to call. I always try to get a text. I always try to to get phone lines. Is yeah, always I open always me. I always try to get in contact with be, you because we don't be calling a whole lot of a lot of people and a whole lot of niggas to call. Yeah, shit. And to be honest, shit. If if you look at my call log, it's gonna be you. A lot more you than anything else in that something. There's you, some bill collectors, uh, 
uh, work, shit like that. Yeah. Well, let's um want to take a step back real quick, and I want you to kind of let's go on the timeline a little bit. You know what I'm saying? All right. When you first moved from Turo to Dallas, okay. how was the transition from the country to the city at that time? Um, and then we're going to get into, you know, the, the sports stuff and, and, and all that and the other a- adversities that you that you bounce back from. All right. But I want you to take that initial time when, you know, the first time that you're getting into Dallas, explain that time, the transition, and everything that was around the environment. Okay. Um Moved up here when I was, uh, I think uh, we moved up here when I was like nine or ten. So, um, got up here, and it was crazy because uh, mom had moved up here first. So, she was staying Mm -hmm. in Dallas for like two or three years, and I was staying in Tarot with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with, with my grandparents. So, um, yeah, like I wouldn't see mom to the weekends, you know what I'm saying? So she would come and get me or whatever. And then I would go to Dallas and stay with her in her apartment or whatever. So, um, that was my life for three years, um, before I made the transition to Turo and I mean to Dallas and that was before she met, uh, met dad. So, um, she was working, you know, at the job or whatever, met dad, they, you know, got together, um, you know, decided that, you know, he wanted to move her here. And yeah. that's how the transition from me moving from Terrell to Dallas happened. Um, when she met, when she met okay. dad. So, um, when she met him, we moved to actually is the apartments that's across the street from Skyline, not Skyline Place. It's another little Ooh. older complex. Skyline Place wasn't even there, bro. It was like a a field there, like that that apartment <laughs> that apartment complex didn't even exist when we moved it over when we moved over there. So, um, yeah, okay. man, um, did that. Uh, moved uh actually to Pleasant Grove first. Um, uh, stayed in Pleasant Grove first. Moved from Pleasant Grove um, to South Dallas after, I guess, a couple years. And that's when uh, basically my life really started. Um, Running the streets, ripping and running streets when I got over there. Because, you know, I hadn't been around nobody. Hadn't been around bad kids before. Hadn't been around BB guns, go-karts, none of that. So, um, you know, got over there and just... Really just fell into the whole hood, just everything, you know, just just was uh enamored with the hood because only it, just, it was just really the extension of the country, you know. So uh yeah, that's really what happened. Yeah. And um ended up going to East Dallas Boys Club and um uh, mom was late picking me up one day and I was sitting outside. And I heard these this sound on the concrete, and I was like, "What is that sound?" And it was like a, a like a, a herd of cattle coming around the corner. I'm like, "What the hell is that?" 
and it was the kids mm-hmm. with their cleats getting ready to go to football practice. But the the field was up the street, so they would have to walk up the field up the street to the football field. So on the concrete, huh? With the cleats yeah. on. Walk out, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll the cleats on. So I'm sitting outside and I'm yeah. watching them walk up the street and I'm thinking, like, what, what the hell are they doing? Like, I've never seen a football, <laughs> never seen, you know, I've never seen none of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. So my, you know, mom picked me up. I never thought nothing of it. Later on that week, she late again. So I'm sitting mm-hmm. outside again. So I hear this click, clack. Click, clack, click, clack. I'm like, man, what? They, they, they going down there again. So I just say, fuck it. I'm walking down here to see what the fuck they doing. You know, I'm like, nigga, what are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. Man, right I up. get down there, man, they was in bull in the ring, and them niggas was down there. You hear me? I'm talking about cracking. I'm talking about, nigga, I'm talking about what's happening. So I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, like, hey, okay, all right, yeah. Man, it's like, bull in the ring. Nigga, they got something to do with ring, but niggas man, stomachs hey, drop. Niggas tell you, remember. Man, the ne- the- <laughs> I'm pretty sure we got all that shit because the numbers they was calling niggas was coming man, from I'm everywhere. To tell you, man. So uh, once uh, you know, once I went there and saw you know what was going on or whatever, I was I, I, I was I was I was in love. Like I had never played it, but it was just like I was like I I had never seen nothing like it before. So I'm like, you can tackle like I was. I ain't. I was like, you can grab them, throw them down on the ground. Like I just like the whole aggression of it. So yeah. So yeah. So next next Monday, Mama come to pick me up. She on time this time, but ain't Sean ain't nowhere to be found. So she looking for me. Yeah, she looking for me and calling everybody and then put out APBs and all that. Uh, next thing I know, I. Look around, turn around. She coming on the football field. So she come yeah. on the football field, grab me, snatch me up, take me, take me home. She don't talk to the coach. She don't say nothing. I'm talking about jersey, helmet, everything in the car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> grasp, I'm grasp a whole nigga. <laughs> Fuck you, just woo woo woo. You ain't tell me, you know what I'm saying? You know you don't leave from down there and not fucking let nobody know. I'm talking yeah. about third degree. Like I ain't Ooh, like Lord. I ain't got no football uniform on, yeah. right? So yeah, it yeah. was like it was like she had went black, bro. And it it didn't dawn on her till we got all the way to Pine Street that I had a football uniform on. So we get in to get to the house, she like, and what the hell you got on? I was like, Hey, uh, uniform. She like, so I guess you, you yeah. know. She like, so you playing? You you call yourself playing something? I was like, I just, I was just going. You know, I was like that. It was interesting, and I was just going. So for a long time, mm-hmm. Mama would not come to a game, bro. Like she wouldn't come because she was just like she didn't take it seriously. She didn't think I was good. You know, she would not come to a game. So. It took me damn near to I was in junior high school to get mama to come to a game because she was just like, I'm not with that. And when she finally came, but yeah, and it was one of them times where I just went off, like just was doing shit. I had no reason or no inkling that I could do. And from that day forward, bro, mama never missed. 
another game. Do you hear me? From that day when yeah. she saw that I was serious about that shit, mm-hmm. she didn't miss another mm-hmm. game, bro. And I know you know because it was times when it wasn't nothing but you, mama, and daddy in the stands at the goddamn game. Yep. Then when the game was over with, I get down there and I was yeah. able to get down and walk around and shit. Go right into the that. locker room. Yeah. See all of yeah, the helmet yeah. on, shoulder pads, sitting yeah. on the after track. That's right, man. After the game, the, the first thing I'm asking for is where my little give, give me, give me my, give me him. He coming down here with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah, just yeah, that's yeah. just that's that's yeah, what that yeah. was like. I always wanted you to feel yeah. like you was a part of my life. I always wanted you to feel like you was a part of what I was going through. I never wanted you to not feel like you wasn't part of it. So that's why I always right. was, I would ask for you because I want, I wanted you to be like, man, you know what? I want to do this. Or even if you didn't want to do it, I wanted you to feel a sense of pride that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I got a brother that care, man, this nigga, like he, yeah. he, like he loved to love on me. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's really yeah. what it is, man. Yeah. Like I just, I just used to, I, I and I still do. I just used to love to love you, bro, because you was just, just such an insightful kid. Like you, you were all you was a sponge. You just always wanted knowledge. You wanted to know all everything and why this, why that. You know what oh, make yeah. this do this? What? So yeah. it always made me have to really keep my shit as as much as I fucked up, like still in the back of my mind, like you would be the main reason why I wouldn't just completely go over the edge. Like I would do some shit that was out yeah. of control, but it's still another level that I could have gone to. But I'm like, man, you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't want to be that disappointment to him. Like, I don't want him to come see me in jail. I don't want him to have to call me and, and I, and, and take, collect calls from the jail cell. Like, I don't, I don't want to be yeah. one of them sideline ass coaches coaching on the phone, telling you what to do, trying to guide you through your life from a jail cell, bro. Like, like that, that means yeah. nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like that, all that shit falls on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. They might as well not even call them kids or call them people, because honestly, they're not listening. They're not listening. I don't give a damn who yeah. tells you what they tell you. When somebody call you from jail, you take that call because you feel like you're obligated. You don't give a damn what's going on with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's different. It's different because it doesn't seem. Yeah, because it's not tangible. tangible. And that's the thing. Like I had to yeah. start living in 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 the real world and start living my life and doing things that are tangible, things that I know good and well uh, that will produce uh, positive results. Meaning, getting up, going to work, uh, working out, being healthy, uh, being positive, uh, being helpful. Um, just all this stuff, man, just, just really just stepping outside of myself and, um, just trying to see if I'm really built for this. Like, are you really like built for, uh, this life? Like, are, are, are you going to thrive? Are you going to fall off in three years? Like, um, like what's your plan? You know, every day I ask myself, like, what is your plan? Yeah. And you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't have one, you just waking up every day and you stacking days in front of each other. And that's all you do. That's it. Yeah. But um, anything yeah. else, man, that <clears throat> excuse me, anything else that uh, mm-hmm. that happens uh, in your life, man, and 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 you don't seem to know the rhyme or the reason or why it happens. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie, Khalil. Uh, when people say shit happens for a reason, bro, sometimes it ain't no fucking reason. Sometimes it ain't no reason, and that's what I've learned. Sometimes it ain't no reason why shit happens. Shit just mm-hmm. fucking happens, man. It ain't. It, mm-hmm. it, it, and motherfucking made yeah. up that saying to justify that bullshit. It's exactly. chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's chance. It's, it's probability. Uh, probability. It's. It's still, it's, it's shit like that that probably we don't even fucking notice. Um, and some, but sometimes, like you said, like sometimes the anvil comes out of fucking nowhere, and it ain't for no reason. It just happens. And it's up to us to discern how to leave that situation, what we can learn from, or else I think sometimes we'll keep going over that same thing over and over again until we learn from it. I just think. That's how sometimes it's Well, you know what? It's either that, man, or you just go through it so many times to where a lot of times people just get a result of of, you you get get a um, I want to say it's more of like a gloss. It's not the real. It's not. It's not the real. Um, I'm getting stuck, man. Um, it's 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 not really a. A, a, a manifestation of goodwill. It's not anything you know what i'm saying it's 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 not like everything that's come about Mm -hmm. has led to good shit you know a lot of times like i said man you're gonna go through all the good stuff do all the things that you're supposed to do and you're not gonna get a pat on the back so what do you do then that's the question that's what i'm saying like if if you're a person that seeks outward justification um and pats on the backs and accolades for doing uh Things that you either should do, or that you felt like that you sh- that you didn't have to do, but you did do. Um, and then when you and then when you don't receive those yeah. applause, um, when the crowd's not screaming for you anymore, um, what what do you do? Yeah, what do you what do? You do when nobody's watching. Like like really, like what do you do? Exactly. When watching. Like what do you do? And, and who are you? And that's yeah. what I had to figure out. Like who exactly yeah. are you? Honestly, like, are you are, are you going to be um, a has been? Are you going to be a person that people say, man, you could have been or he could have did or he would have did or he should have did? Or are you going to take mm-hmm. that and whatever happened and flip it and turn it into your life? Because that's what it is. It's it's not up for debate. It's not up for ridicule. It's, it's not up for um, anybody to to uh, make assumptions about it's your life so when it comes down to it Mm -hmm. the only thing that matters is how 
you live your life. That's why, like, all of this that I'm saying has come back to the point that I made in the beginning. That's why I do not tell anybody right. anything about their lives, and I give, I do not give advice. I, yeah, I it's don't. Case by case. Yeah. Shit, man, you know, because life has this, um, life has its uh, nuances. Uh, it can go through many different ways, many different uh, shades of, of shit that you can go through. And even the majority of, of the information and advice that goes out to the masses by anybody, it's pretty much general shit um, for the most part, you know. It's only so many categories, situations uh, that you can, can go through, you know. It's just basically you picking you pick and you substitute certain shit that and you make it relate to yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? So next one I want to talk about is um okay, come to Dallas, we find out what this football thing is all about. So it obviously grows a love for the past. Exactly. Um let's talk about the ascension through high school, um, the process of that, um, ascension of, uh, from, because I'm thinking 10, 8, 11, and going through, you know, middle school and shit like that, you kind of figure like, you know, okay, I'm all right. But at some point, you get, you find out, you know what I'm saying, like, if, if anybody's even as, decent in football. You find out, oh, I'm a little bit better than I right. like I'm you know what I'm saying? And you reach, you know, a place where um a, a rare group, a small percentage of a lot of uh, athletes, especially in the, in the state of Texas where they want to achieve. Let's talk about that process and your process of going um choosing what school you want to attend. And even just, um, if you can, um, about just the in-between of becoming somebody that everybody notices about, right? Because I think a certain amount of anxiety has to come about within that at mm-hmm. some point, regardless whether it's big or small. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it goes from a point where it's like, okay, I'm playing ball, I'm doing good. Come to a point where, okay, now... Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that I'm good. The other team on that coming that's coming to play us, they know I'm good too. They taking time out their day, out their week, mm-hmm. skipping classes to game plan for me. You know what I'm saying? So let's <laughs> talk about that going into college and uh, what you learn from it. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Um, you good? <laughs> I call for her all the time. You good? <laughs> well, man, let's see. Um, Part of this thing. It started my freshman year. Um, yeah. I I played probably three freshman games on on uh actually as a freshman, and what happened was the the head coach hadn't come. You know, Coach Samples. Coach Samples hadn't come to any of the freshman games yet, right? 
Yeah, so um the legend. Yeah. We play at what was crazy was um we played at Force the Two and they were practicing at Force the One for some reason. I don't know why they was practicing over there, but they was practicing over there. So he came over and he watched the game. Uh, I returned a punt, I returned a kickoff for a touchdown, was out there just smacking them kids around, just really as a grown man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I returned the punt. You said you returned. returned a kickoff. Yeah. Bro, so my I, nigga was an X Factor? My it nigga was, was an X Factor? They just had me out there <laughs> to see if I could do it. Yeah, they just had, they just, yeah. They hey, I believe it. Shit, when you see, hey, when you one of the best yeah, niggas on the squad, yeah, you can be yeah, everywhere. Yeah, hey, come around, I need you to do this bro. shit for so, me. Yeah, I just yeah. got out there, man, and and, and right. I just I was just playing, bro. And um, after that game, I never forget. Uh, he walked up to mom and daddy, and he was like, uh, "Y'all not gonna be coming to no more Monday night games." Straight up, and she was like, "What?" Straight and she up. was like, "She was like, he finna be on varsity." <laughs> Like start next week, and what was crazy about that was mm-hmm. the world. I went in my first game that I played. We played Waxahachie, but when back then Waxahachie was killing everybody. Like, like Waxahachie was, bro. They was nice, like the Desoto Duncanville. Yeah, like yeah, man. Yeah, they. This man, is early nineties Waxahachie. They, they was nice. So yeah, my, yeah. Yeah, so my first real yeah, game was against there. them. Like they got Aaron Humphrey. They got like yeah, yeah, they got like I mean, just Woo. dudes across the board, man. So I get thrown into the fire. Got mm-hmm. a linebacker get hurt. And I get thrown into the fire. And um, you know, you, you you get out there and you get your times and Come out the field, you lick your wounds, and then you go out there again, and you see that it's not as bad as you know it was that last couple times. And after a while, you get a little confident. And I made a couple plays, man, and um, I just felt like I belonged at that time. You know, like it wasn't a big gap in talent. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I, I, and that's when I realized that I was, yeah, I was kind of good because I'm like, if I'm a freshman. And these dudes is juniors, sophomores, and seniors. You know, and I'm out here, I ain't just, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't no pushover. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't easy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm putting, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely putting yeah, up. Yeah, you got raw, thump raw the raw things too. So, um, you know, I was just like, I, I, yeah, I just embraced it. And you know, when some people say, "Man, you either got it or you don't," like that's a real. Mm-hmm. That's real. Like, I'm going to skip over a little bit and kind of go to one of your questions and then go back, like, come back. But you ask, like, uh, like the anxiety go ahead. Go ahead. of knowing that you're good and that people playing against you. And, I like, I'm not going to lie. But I never thought about that. You know why? Because I just felt like when I was on that field, mm. like, it was my sanctuary. Nobody could touch me. Whatever problems I had, they could not reach me. Yeah. I'm out here doing what I do. And it was more of, it was my sanctuary. Yeah. So 
however everybody however you know everybody else perceived me i never saw myself like that because football was always a release for me it was always a uh, a form of uh therapy and therapy it didn't matter who i played it didn't matter who who knew what they knew about me like i'm not playing you i'm playing myself Every time I got on the field, it wasn't to beat the other team. It was so that I knew that when I left that field, that I was the best player. I, I, I was the best nigga out there, bro. Point blank. Every time I stepped out there, win, lose, or draw, I wanted everybody mm. in them stands to know that that nigga number four yeah. is the fucking truth. Yeah, I want you to know that. Yeah. I want you to know. I want you yeah. to remember that too. Yeah. I want you to remember this and nigga I put on his fucking back and I sent his ass to the yeah. sideline with his mom. And that's just what it is. I want so you to remember that. More of, yeah. I just felt like um a totally different person, man, when I was out there on the football field. Like I just felt like, honestly, man, this is what God put me here to do. Like he really for real made me a hell of a nigga mm. on this football field for a reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it it and yeah. once you can't once you in your once you don't deny yourself of uh of greatness you know a lot of time man people scared to be good because people once you show them what you can do then they expect it like you said every time out and some people that pressure it it really gets to them but like I said it's natural for Deion Sanders he never he he he, he ain't have to worry about it you know. Because every time he touched the field, he was going to be the best, period. So it didn't matter what nobody else did. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and you saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and you saw And you've seen it, like his, his personality still to this day. And I, I I think about the dude that he is now. We sat there and, and, and we watched him become a father. We done sat there and watched this nigga put his goddamn gators on the table. It must be the money. You know what I'm saying? We're going to sit there and watch this nigga go through the whole process. And one thing I get from it is, damn, yeah. like, he he has a feeling of belonging. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, even now that he's coaching, this something that he could have been coached. He could have been coached this basketball, baseball, like he's doing with his sons in, in high school. He could have been did that on a bigger level. But it exactly. seems that he, he kind of knows his purpose in between. So now with him going to uh, now that he's going to a college, and trust me, he would yep. them 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 big D one schools would love to have him there, but instead of that, he went to HBCU because I think what he sees a lot of little niggas yep. that are just like him yep. that all they need is an opportunity, <coughs> and that and they can shine. You know I'm what I'm saying? But that comes from what we was talking so, about. It comes yeah. from uh, that self awareness and what? that self. Uh, you know, the insight. Remember I was telling you all that stuff around you, man, it don't make you you. You know? When when he when he was prime time with the, mm-hmm. you know, gators you and all that, that that was him. That wasn't really him. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's him outwardly. That's, him. that's yeah. who he had to be outwardly. But internally, yeah, who we see now, that's who Deion Sanders has always been. But you can't be that who he is now mm-hmm. and be prime time. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody will respect that. 
you have to be loud. You have to be mm-hmm. obnoxious. You have to be. Right. You gotta yeah. be a dog. Yeah, you can't be. You, you can't gotta be, be a home. dog on that yeah, show. You see, can't the thing be, is, like right. you can't see, just, time, just be out there. He was. He, he was, he was good, but he yeah. wasn't humble because he didn't have to be. He didn't have to be. I'm the best. I, I don't have to be humble. Yeah. But no. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think sometimes I was watching. Uh, uh, it was. A, I think it was a, an interview with him and Jamie Duke on Me and Dog Work a Game, and he was saying like, sometimes people want you to be humble, yeah, because yeah. they want you to come back down to where they at. Yeah. You yeah. done got so goddamn good. They like, goddamn, he's super far. Let me tell. Hey, you need to be more humble. When like, no, nah, I'm up, like I, I, I earn this. Yeah. I think it's different when you put the work in. You know what I'm saying? Like, not only did you excel yep. in football, you also excel you know, off the field. And, but <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And and but that you was able to somehow transfer. And I think it was a cohesive relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't do this, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So let me do the best I can here and the best I can here. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, like a lot of times, these kids nowadays don't understand that they think they're of value when they're not you know what i'm saying unfortunately they grow up in an era where they can go and get attention from thousands of people yeah um but it's false yeah it just took up a button you know what i'm saying but it's it's easy for them to say well shit i got fifteen thousand likes Doing some dumb shit. Or I got fifty thousand likes. Smacking a nigga to the Gatorade bucket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, they have more exposure. You know. So, other thing I want to talk about is, um, do you think that um, Coach Samples believing in you? Right. I think. Um, do you think him, as far as saying going? Up to mom and daddy saying, "Hey, y'all ain't come to know these mm-hmm. guys. I want him, and I, I want him now, just just like mm-hmm. he is right now." He took a chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As you a freshman, took a chance, and he seen something. And that's a very keen mm-hmm. person to see that, and he's still doing that to this very day. Um, but what did that do for your confidence going into your sophomore, junior, and uh, a senior year uh, as you well, were seeing that? <clears throat> The I mean, well, like man, let me tell you something. Uh, just Coach Sample, man. But this, you know, everybody know Coach Sample right now, man. Is is one of the all time greatest high school coaches ever, man. But um, yeah, but it's greatest. it's um, at the time, but I, I'm 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 not gonna lie to you, brother. Um, I was young, and I was mm-hmm. uh, trying to find myself. You realize, you know what I'm saying, the same dude you're talking about was the same dude that wore bifocals, thick as fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, goofy looking, you know, just the type of nigga that yeah. a motherfucker would, yeah. would try to fuck with, but knew that <laughs> on that football field, you had to come see me after practice. So all that shit you talking during the day is cool, but after school, you're going to have yeah. to come see me. Yeah. yeah. So 
that that and that you, you know what I'm saying that was what I was on. Yeah. Not the fact that Coach Temple saw something in me. It was more of um, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to I'm trying to, to create something. I just came from you know the country. I'm coming from you know Terrell. You know I, nobody knows who I am. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying I'm steady getting picked on. Uh, so something's gonna have to fucking give, and that's just really yeah. where I was with it. It didn't have nothing to do with Coach Sample. I'm not gonna lie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was more of me understanding okay. that I had to really just drop my nuts, man. And you gotta get yours. Like if you wanna do some shit and you serious about that shit, yeah. Then take that shit. And that's why I'm so adamant with Corey. And when we talk to him about what he's doing, is because um. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the the confidence in him knowing that I could, you know, play varsity, I get that. But my intensity level and everything that I got or that he saw, I learned that at East Dallas Boys Club from Dale Brown. Yeah. Coach named Dale Brown. Dale Brown? Yeah. So all that mm-hmm. aggression. Dale Knowing, Brown. you know, the the, the heat. Yeah. 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 That's because that's the original place where you found your yeah. love. He introduced, he introduced exactly. He introduced that. So by the time I got the coach to your life, I had, yeah, by the time I got the coach and unbeknownst was really getting crazy, a refined man. version of me, even as as a freshman. Cause I had been playing football. You know what I'm saying? I played eight and under two years, yeah. eight and nine. Then I played ten and under uh uh nine and ten. Then I played twelve and under, you know what I'm saying, ten and left. So, you know, I done played two or three or four years before I even got to, you know, junior high school football. You know what I'm saying? So once I got to junior high, I was already ready. Coach mm-hmm. Samples would come to Pearl C and recruit me like I was mm-hmm. in college. He would come to my classes and ask me, "Hey, you, you coming to Lincoln, ain't you?" I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like he did this type of shit he was doing then. Yeah. So that's how I even ended up going to Lincoln yeah. because Coach Apple was coming to to Pearl C because I was racking them niggas up at Pearl C and they be like, "Say man, this is." They were like, "This is mm. nigga, this young nigga at Pearl C, man. You need to come come see about <laughs> it, man, because you ever fucking these boys up." Yeah, yeah, man. So, like I yeah, said, all man. that shit was cracking the shit in over here. My football, all of the outward mm-hmm. was me letting it out. You know what I'm saying? It was me letting the 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 embarrassment out of having to wear thick glasses. It was the the you know the being picked on, the being taller than everybody else, having fucking super big pink ass lips. Like you know, it's just a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like it's only one thing that I can control. You know what I'm saying? And I can control how I play on this football field. Mm-hmm. And I can get mm-hmm. respect from how I play on this football field. And that's where it happened, man. That's why I ended up going so hard. It was it was about it, but it was never about nothing but respect for me. 
it was always about respect. Yeah. If I hit yeah. that field, yeah. you was going to respect me, bro. Mm-hmm. You was going to be scared of me, and you was going to respect me. Yeah. That's it. First thing you want to do is come out there. So that was my oh. whole thing. So everything else, mm-hmm. like the, you know, being ranked number five in the whole state of Texas, like the number five linebacker in the whole state of Texas, bro, it's a lot of people. I can tell you the dudes that was in front of me. Shannon, yeah. Dude a lot names, of niggas in Texas, Shannon man. Brazil was at TCU. Dude named Quasi Palmer. He was at Sulphur mm-hmm. Springs. Aaron Humphreys that ended up going to Texas uh, was at uh, uh, WT mm. White. Um, Fred Rogers, and then it was me. Mm. I remember it, bro, like it was yesterday. Mm. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? That's a, yeah, so you look when, when dogs you, right there. Yeah, you the number you five dogs, in man. the whole state of Texas, bro. Yeah, so. Hey. It's a lot of shit that, yeah. Big ass thing. A lot of shit football that came with that. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, um, mm-hmm. from freshman to sophomore year was really when I got my confidence because we played, um, damn it, who was that we played? We played, I want to, oh shit. Over at Sprague, we played somebody that was hella good back then. Roosevelt. We played, yeah, we played Vel at, at Sprague when they had all these super D1 type niggas, you know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> got in the game, man, and played my ass out. And from then, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it was the just early like 90s, Roosevelt. From, from that game on, it was, yeah. it was, it was a wrap. You know what I'm saying? That same year, like, we went to Waco University, played Ladani and Thomason them. We mm-hmm. almost beat them. They they beat us in overtime. But mm-hmm. I had a hell of a game out there when we played him. So it was just like I was stacking, you know, like you stack games on top of each other when, you know, you causing fumbles and you get an interception. And, you know what I'm saying? Like you say, your confidence, it builds because you like, you know, like, nigga, I, I, I might can go to school doing this. Like, and that's, that's yeah. that's that's when the confidence of going to school started. Once I saw that I could compete on a level where I'm actually impacting games, then that's when I was like, okay, I can do this, and I can go to school doing it. So every day, every game after that, it was really just me out there honing my skills, man. Like I just really got was out there trying shit because I knew that that wasn't where I was going to end up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm I'm mm-hmm. trying to do some some shit that I saw saw the you know because I was a Florida State fan back then. So I'm trying to see what Marvin Jones and Derrick yep. Brooks. I'm trying to see what they doing. Yeah, you yeah. know them boys rocking them visors. So mm-hmm. you know whatever they was doing, I was trying to mimic what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I was watching the you know the college kids. So that's why I said like my game was always evolving because I was a student. I sit mm-hmm. in front of the TV on Saturdays and I would watch every Florida State game that came on, bro. Every yeah. single one. You know what I'm saying? Because I, yeah. I I wanted to be that. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted I wanted that. You know what I'm saying? So, like I say, none of anything, I never felt pressure because, like I said, it was always about respect. Mm. Right on. Right on. 
Okay. That's what's up right there. I think that's a that's that's damn good right there. That's damn good. You know, <clears throat> you has you had something that I've always admired uh, when I watch you play, you know, and it, it was exactly what you said. You know what I'm saying? Um, it takes a it takes a certain mindset to take it up a notch. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was introduced about you know, to football, of course, by you. I just started playing since I was 12, but man, <clears throat> I didn't have to because I had you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By the time I got 12, I was like, shit, I got a big brother and he do the goddamn fool. So when I decided to play football, you told me where all the gaps was, and that's all I need to know. Yeah. Next, next, find my position. Can I play linebacker like my brother? No, I'm a little bit too slow. Cool. Now, what's this shit in front of the linebackers? <laughs> yeah. What is these niggas' name? These niggas are close to the ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's where it all started. Yeah. So, let's talk about going to school. Right, the um, the process you went to the University of Michigan. Um, let's talk about the process of of uh, recruitment because uh, <clears throat> the the recruitment and the choice of going to Michigan, being from down south, knowing it's a whole a whole different climate change, and just um um what you learned throughout your stint at that time. I remember growing up, and y'all, uh, let me tell y'all this. I remember growing up, and I want to say, nigga, I, for a period of time, I never even fucking knew what the wall looked like. I didn't know what the paint color was. Them bitches was filled with white letters with stations. <laughs> All around. Yeah. Yeah, Goddamn. Yeah. I was like, yeah. do we even have a wall? Is it? Yeah, oh, we had, we, we, had nigga, letters, we had letters on the ceiling, didn't we? I'm sitting there like, hey, if yeah, we catch yeah, on fire, nigga, we in trouble. Yeah, the walls made of paper. Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had the, the ceilings. It wasn't no, hey, it wasn't no posters, and probably still to this day, right now, you're going to have still find a motherfucking staple. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk about that the recruitment process, how you brought it down to the school that she went to, and the transition to that um and what did you learn along the way okay um the recruitment process the recruitment process then and now totally different it was no star process like you they wouldn't have two three the, yeah like they wouldn't come up with and have uh, sleepover Nah, it wasn't no stars, man. Like, yeah, it wasn't no you ain't you wasn't a five star, four star, none of that. It wasn't none of that. Um, nah, uh, coaches actually came to games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Coaches actually uh, came to sit in living rooms. Um, yeah, came to lunches. You know, all you know, all that, man. Um, my recruitment process was bittersweet, man. Um, it was okay. cool because I was getting recruited, and it was it was bitter because I lost all my friends. 
Um, mm. Lost it, all your friends, meaning it was well. I lost what? all my friends. It was just like, um, well, like as far as them. Well, um, it, it was just like because they knew that I was going a different direction than them, and mm. they knew that I was going to go to a D1 school and a lot of them niggas knew that they wasn't gonna go and it's just um, that shit just ate them up man to the point to where them niggas just the jealousy was too much it just was life it, it, you know what I'm saying yeah. so uh, yeah man um, but they wanted you to, to, to stay and, and, and well and, you know what it was it. It I don't even really think it was that man it was just that um, it was just like it, it was a lot of jealousy man like it really was, man. Like it really was, man. Um, I'll never forget. But one day we were in the cafeteria, and uh, coach from Texas came, and he was like, you know, coach Sam was like coach from Texas, and I'm sitting at the table with everybody, and he was like coach from Texas. When dude walked up to me, man, and we took me, and he took me in the basketball locker room to talk to him. Remember how you used to go through the back of the uh, back of the uh, mm -hmm. to go through the, you know, go through there and go yeah. through. So we went back that way. And was talking the hallway. Yeah, so we go back there and we talk or whatever, you know, talk to him. Woo, woo, woo. You know, I get my tray and go sit down. When I sit down at the table, everybody get up and leave. So I'm mm. like, what? So I thought, you know, I, you know, I thought maybe, you know, they was done eating or whatever. So <clears throat> I hurry up and get my food. You know what I'm saying? Try to eat what I can eat, though. So, you know, I'm thinking we're finna go outside and chill. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing, you know, whatever. You know, and they walk their way. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn. Like, you know, I'm mm -hmm. like tripping. Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then it, it kind of put me in a, a real weird headspace for the day. Because I'm like, damn, we were just cool by five, ten minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was just a whole little mm -hmm. mental process, man, to where I was like, damn, like, I like I realized then that what I was going through was a lot more serious to other people than it was to me. Um hmm. and that maybe I might want to start taking it a little bit more serious. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And that's really when I uh kind of became an introvert and I stopped being so outgoing and I kind of hmm folded up into myself. Um, okay. And then it was really just all about me and getting mine from then on out. So I didn't really give a fuck about nothing. So I'm like in practice, I'm trying to kill niggas. Uh, bitch, <laughs> I'll, I'll fight you. Whatever. Like, I, like I, I was on some more shit after that. You know what I'm saying? So um, it was just like all that process led up to me taking the SAT, right? Now, mm -hmm. this was the deciding factor of where I ended up going to school because I'm not ashamed to say, man, I had to take the motherfucking test four times, man, to pass that shit, bro. I took that shit through. Yeah, I had to take that motherfucker four times, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, and what was happening was every, every time I would take the test, and not do as well as I want to, well, the team, you know, schools will fall off the recruit, fall off my recruit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Michigan, Texas Tech, they, they stayed down from, you know, day one to I finally passed the test, man. And what was crazy was that 
I had one more time to take the test to pass it so that I could go to school. If I didn't do it, then I wasn't going to go to school. So I went to take the test over at, um, I want to say Lake, what is it? No, Hillcrest. I went to Hillcrest to take mm-hmm. the test, man. Took the test, whatever. Me and mom waited on the test results a long time. I was working at McDonald's at the time, okay? The mm-hmm. test results came in the mail. Mama opened them, bro, and called me. She was like, you need to come home. I was like, I'm at work. She was like, boy, fuck that job. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. She was like, nigga, you finna go to college. In her mind, she like, nigga, you finna go to college. Fuck that she job, like, nigga. Fuck that job. I was like, home. Now. She was like, come home now. You know what I'm saying? I had, I had my little bucket. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, I'm, I'm walking. Yeah. I, I go in there and tell my boss, I'm finna go. He said, well, where you going? I said, my mama told me I gotta come home. He told my bro, it's the middle of your shift. He said, it's the your shift. I said, man, she told me I got to leave. I said, man, I'm gone, bro. So I leave. I done got fired and shit. Expeditions. Expeditions. But I ain't tripping, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> she ain't told me what it was. She just told me to come home. Thought it was something wrong. Yeah. I get home. She got it open. And, like, at that time, man, I don't know what I needed exactly. But I probably got maybe four or five points over what I did. So it wasn't like I just aced that motherfucker. Like, I I got it, but I got it by, like, four or five points. Man, when me and Mama added, because they used to give you two scores, a score at the top and a score at the bottom. And you just have to add them up to get your accumulative score. You know what I'm saying? So she didn't add them up until I got there. We added them up. Bro, once we started out past that, man, we went in the front yard. And when I say we was out there, bitch, the hollering and screaming, you hear me? We <laughs> in the front yard hollering and screaming. The, uh, Miss Margaret came out. The, everybody, was, you hear me? We was all outside because hey. it was because it took a village, bro. And every week, and like yeah. everybody at that time had felt like we did it. The whole block, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We felt like we did it, bro. So it was just like from then. Shit, everything else was just like, shit, I'm ready to go. I was ready to go then. So I, I yeah. was ready. You know what I'm saying? The hardest thing about me going to school was leaving you. Not lying, bro. Like, that's that was the hardest thing, man, because <laughs> our relationship. I knew it was going to take right. It was going to kind of take a, a step back, and you know what I'm saying, because you was going to grow up without me. Yeah. And um, you was going to go through shit without me. And that was one of the hardest parts, man, was me leaving you, man. I'm not going to lie. So, um, like I used to, you know what I'm saying? I just used to always just think, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I left and I did what I was supposed to do, man, then, you know, I was just like, you was always my focus on doing right, regardless of what anybody would think. Like, you was what would keep me on the straight and narrow in the back of my mind because I didn't. I didn't necessarily just want to give you no fucking terrible ass example as no fucking brother to follow. Like I knew I wasn't going to do everything right, but I was like, the least I can do is not max out. Like I, okay, I'll do this, but I'm not going to max out. man. Like I can't just do the shit and just think that I ain't going to have no repercussions and I'm not going to affect this kid. You know what I'm saying? So, 
That's why after every bowl game, every time we got some money, anytime, I was spending that money on you. I was trying to just get you J's, get you clothes. You're my first yeah, all that. Goddamn, like uh, I said everything was yeah, everything was 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 revolved around me making sure that my little bro was okay, man. So that's what I, you know, just wanted to make sure that uh, you know, in the process of recruitment and all that, man, that I just was um. I, you know, kind of took it in at the end, you know, kind of embraced it more. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, once I kind of lost a lot of friends, I, that's when I really embraced going to college because I'm like, okay, this set of motherfuckers that I thought was cool, obviously they're not. So I'm going to have to branch off, go do live a life and, you know what I'm saying, see what the world is, you know what I'm saying? So that's really what it was about, man. Um, my choice to go to Michigan was really crazy because I had committed to Texas Tech. And um, the visit to Michigan was uh, it was postponed because it had snowed. So they were like, we're going to postpone it until, you know, so we could get you here. So I took a trip to Texas Tech, committed. And like that next weekend, Michigan was like, hey, man, you know, the weather's better. We need you to, you know, I want you to come on out. And what was crazy was when I got there, the weather was fine. When I stayed there, probably like a night, the night that next night when I went to the hotel, it snowed, bro. Mm-hmm. It snowed. Like, that shit snowed like Christmas. And what was crazy was when, <laughs> where, how how the hotel is set up at Michigan, like, it's in the center of town. So when you look mm-hmm. out the, the windows, bro, like, the scenery is amazing. So can you imagine going on a trip to Michigan in December? It's snowing. It it you know it was mm. just like it was we it we wasn't getting that here you know what I'm saying like I had really never yeah, seen snow before you know what I'm saying so yeah, yeah yeah so it was just like that whole movie picture snow scene that you see I seen it out of a window and, and I was yeah. like and at, and that, at that, point, that point that's when I was like, like this is where I'm going like honest to God truth I called mama. From the hotel room right there, and I was like, Mama, this is where I'm going. She was like, You sure? I was like, I'm sure. She was like, You're gonna call and tell them, uh, Texas Tech, that you gonna uh, go there? I was like, I'll let them know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, that's what happened. And, and it ain't snowing in love, god yep. damn it. It ain't snowing in love, not, not, like not nothing like this, not like that. <laughs> Not like that. This shit came down like Miracle on Saturday Fourth Street. It was was a real scene out of a movie, man. And uh, Miracle is in all the movies. And that's what happened. And that's what sold me. Just the whole scenery of uh, of a movie. It looked like, honest to God, because it I was downtown. Man, it was crazy. They had a movie theater. That it was just like a whole perfect little movie scene. And 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 in college towns. You know, it's you know, it's a lot more focused in. It's built around yeah. the school. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's the school and it's built around it, so everything is yeah. gonna be fine. Yeah. And everything was live. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Everything was. And it, I mean, it looked like Vegas. I'm not gonna lie. Everything was lit up. You know what I'm saying. Neon lights everywhere. <clears> I mean, you know, it it was just it was a breath of fresh air. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, and and I just realized that if if right. I was gonna really do this, then this is where I was gonna go. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, you know, this this right. is big time. You know, so and, and I and yeah. I and I wanted the challenge. 
And that's really what it was. Like, I just felt like, I'm not going to lie, but I just felt like, them, I was like, they're not better than me. I just, I, I could, I just couldn't see them mm-hmm. being better than me. Like, I, you might be a little bit smarter and your, your football IQ might be a little bit higher. But when we get out here, like, mm-hmm. play for play, pound for, like, you're not better than me. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how it was. So, yeah. like I said, man, my whole thing, uh, was about respect, man, and and even to this day, people I played against, played with, whatever, man. Um, they'll tell you just like I talk about them. If they was any fucking good, they'll tell you. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, yeah, I don't. Sure. I wouldn't. I don't. I would. The dogs respect yeah, dogs. Yeah, I wouldn't man. have to tell you shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like once you yeah. go through warfare, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It don't matter on what level. If you put an imprint on anybody's mind, they may not know your name. They'll look at you. All of a sudden, it'll pop up. Like, that nigga right yeah. there? Yeah. Whew. I'm happy. I'm seeing a nigga yeah. at Walmart. Matter of fact, I'm scared he's going to tackle me in the <laughs> belly section. I need to move around. <laughs> 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 nigga might hit me into the right. turkey meat, nigga. Right. No! Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but that's yes, respect. Sir. That's what I'm Like yeah. you said, you earned yeah. it. You earned it all the way up. And you earned it to go to a prestigious school. You know what I'm saying? And um, doing that, um, man, that was weird. Because I can see it now. Because I remember going up to Michigan. And y'all, let me tell y'all, when I say, I can't remember it was building we was in. But it was across the street from a Burger King. And it was like, I woke up. Mom was tapping me. It was, it was the time we went up there. So y'all was playing um, another game. Jerry Jackson, quarterback. Um, and it was snowing. I said, what the fuck is all this shit? You know what I'm saying? I'm going outside. My whole mm-hmm. kneecap. Mm-hmm. Snow. And everybody. And the first thing I remember going everybody outside was like, hey, the snow hit, had me with, mm-hmm. with the ugly face. That should hit you with a crisp little, you need to hear the wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, nigga, it's cold. But I'm thinking like, shit, this was Dallas, Texas. Nigga, this should be shut yeah. down last night. Niggas ain't stepping out, but yeah. this is Michigan. Nigga, this is just a nigga that's going to scoop that shit into a big-ass pile for niggas to make snowballs, jump in, do whatever, mm-hmm. and keep it going. And uh, that's what I remember, you know what I'm saying? Doing all that, man. But you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, for shit show. It was cold. I still got cold. It was. Yeah. That shit was crisp on the young, on the young <laughs> body, nigga. It it wasn't enough. Jay, I said, why does a nigga choose to go here, man? It's cold, bitch. Yeah, it's cold. I said, mama. I I'm talking to mama. Mama, it's cold, yeah. daddy. It's cold. It's cold. And like, do y'all have any more blankets? Any more scarves? Any more, any <laughs> more socks? Any, I need any, any. Bubble wrap. Nigga, wrap me up in some shit. Just carry me, goddamn it. Nigga, it's cold. Mm-hmm. Shit. The hot chocolate don't last. It don't stay out for too long. Oh, once that, nigga. But yeah, man. So let's get into a little past that. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about, you know, the, um, the your experience there and um the experience of, of you coming to some adversity there 
And most importantly, going through that, how did that shape and mold you? You know, being your little brother, like I tell you when we have our, our talks, I learned more from you going through, like watching you going through your adversity than I ever did on a football field or wherever, through sports. I learned more, and even still through this day, I use those examples because those were some of the images in my life that I remember, and I still hold those, and I cherish those that can arise and sometimes distract you from what you love about your partner and why you want to work in the relationship. You want it to work out, don't you? You didn't get in a relationship. You didn't sacrifice your time and effort and sweat and love to be in a fucked up relationship. Nobody does. But a relationship can survive trauma. I'm going to say it again. A relationship can, C-A-N, survive trauma. If both people are willing to put the fucking work in that it takes to heal. I'm Khalil Snape. That was your weekly prescription of trauma and how it affects the intimacy in relationships. I love y'all. I believe in y'all. One thing I won't ever do is use my personal experience and my personal downfall to shit on others. Just because I'm going through a divorce don't mean I want all my all my all my people, all my fellas out there to get divorced. Man, fuck that shit. You already there, you married. Do your motherfucking thing. If you come across some trauma, you and your spouse can survive it. I've seen it. Even though I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, even though my little whole thing didn't work out. Everybody ain't me and that and, and that person that I didn't work out with. We felt like that was the best option for us. And we still have a relationship. It's just more on a... It's a different level. It's growth. Sometimes you have to, you know, separate yourself and, and go and grow on your own to see if what y'all had was really worth it in the end. And if it was, it'd be like that. But in between that time and the time in the future, you gotta grow. You know? You gotta grow. But if you and your spouse are still together, do what it takes. Don't be afraid to put the fucking work in, man. You didn't work all that hard. Think, man, just think about all my fellas. Think about that shit, fellas. You didn't have to get in that tight ass suit possibly pay for hotel room just so you can make love on the balcony with strawberries and flowers and all that shit. 
don't know if that shit. That's what I did. We got married, fucked on about. But anyway, um, you didn't do all that shit. You didn't waste all that money. <laughs> Catering, the two stepping on the fucking dance floor and all that shit. You went through all that goofy shit. Just not work on your marriage, man. You have to. You know? Also for the ladies, too. If this is what you cherished, you know, for marriage. Marriage is really about the woman. It's a showcase of the woman. Regardless of what everybody thinks and says and all these different theories, that's what it is. The men don't get celebrated. You don't put no goddamn... uh corset right now um <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it, it but whatever there's something that you dreamed of little mama you dreamed of this day since you were a kid you don't watch all the Disney princesses and seen your mama and your aunties either get married or not get married and you wanted to get married that's what you wanted for your family you wanted the fairy tale so why wouldn't you want to put the work in with your husband and go and see if you got some salvage relationship why wouldn't you want to go put the work in with your wife, the one that you said you love, my guy? You said you love that woman. You said that for the rest of your life, this is the only woman that you would do anything with. That's a big fucking deal. If you notice how many, how many of these women is out here, you know, dedicating yourself to one woman is a tough task, but it can be achieved. It can. It fucking can. Trust me, it can, you know. Um, go put the work in, y'all. Don't give up. I know it's 2020. I know it's a fucked up year. Everything fucked up. But to be honest, when has it not been fucked up? When I look back, each, each year of my existence has some type of fucked upness. This is just the first year where a majority of the people on this world can relate to each other. And while we're here in this space where a majority of the world can relate to each other, we have to realize that we can't do it by ourselves. It's going to take all of us to heal for all of these things to get better. Especially in the realm of relationships. The divorce weight divorce rate sorry I'm a fuck divorce rate <laughs> the divorce rate <laughs> is through the fucking roof it's more single people out here than it's ever been before it's stats you can go look them up yourself divorce rates through the roof separation rates is through the roof uh, majority of the time it's the women I want to say 80% out of 10, man, 9 out of 10. But majority of the time, it's the women who file for divorce. They initiate it um, for whatever reasons. Um, all these things between men and women, so much dysfunction. Um, it's up to us to fix that. And it's up to the people who are in relationships to fix that. So that that feeling, that love, that courage, that ethic, that work can trickle down to people who are not in relationships and give them a better image of what 
a real relationship is. Because if you haven't noticed, relationships have been very surface level. It's very much about materials and money and what the woman can do for the man, what the man can do for the woman, this and that. But when you go into relationships like that, it's always going to end up fucked up. Because that ain't how it go. That's some of this new world shit. And unfortunately, we don't do... We don't... <laughs> we just run with the shit. Because it sounds good. It sounds toxic. Being toxic is something that's cool now. For some people. Being a fucking misfit is something that's cool now. For some people. Being a fucking degenerate in relationships is fucking cool with some people. Trying to do them dirty and doing all this shit. And the cheating. And then the back and forth. And the... Oh, he got to pay for all my dinners and my bills just to fuck with me for a piece of, piece of, uh, you know, she got to do this and that and got to be whatever just to, you know, a lot of times it's one-sided, but that's for another one. A lot of times it is very one-sided. It's very leaning towards the woman's side because that's what it is right now. That's what the area that we're in. And a lot of that, some of that is a little damaging to our society, but that's for another topic on another day um like i said man work on your relationship do the best you can give it all you got because that may be all you got my name is khalil sneed and this is a trail pill podcast god bless you i love you i love y'all work that shit out stop being stubborn see y'all next time like, share, subscribe. Pass it some of the people around. We all need this. It's not just me. It's other people that are around in this world that need the same information as I do. And I'm going through the same thing. Seek that. And other podcasts talk about the same thing. If this one don't work for you, cool. Go to another podcast talking about the same shit. Don't give a fuck. It's all about getting help for your life. That's what I'm in the middle of. I ain't figured this shit out yet. But I'm not sitting on my ass hoping that the solution will come and pop me in the fucking back of the head one day. Fuck no. I'm going out and I'm seeking help. I'm going out and I'm giving all I got. Because shit, that's all I got. That's one life. So why not try to put in the most effort that you can and push further. Push yourself. You never know what, you know, You'll never know what's on the other side of that. That's what I'm seeking. I'm right in the middle of it. Right here in the trenches with you. Right here in the trenches with you. Yeah. We ain't got it all figured out yet. But we gonna get it. We gonna get it. Trill Pill Podcast. Much love. References is um, GoodTherapy.com article written by Anastasia Pollock, Bo Mills, and Gordon Turnbull, 2004, Broken Hearts and Mending Bodies, The Impact of Trauma on Intimacy, and an article written by the psychologist Andrea Brandt on PsychologyToday.com. I love y'all. I'm out this bit.